something moving through the woods. Uh, all I can remember is flipping the light on, and I see this creature, and I knew, I knew in my heart, I knew in my mind, in the whole night, this isn't a man. And then this thing walks across the road, takes a turn towards us, and then leaps over a guardrail. Went to look forward, and there was a big black thing, is all I can To Squatch DTV. Exploring the Bigfoot mystery each week with your hosts, veteran researcher, author, and TV personality, the Squatch Detective, Steve Culls, and from the Bigfoot Research Project of Kentucky, Chris Bennett. Sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around North America discussing the Bigfoot phenomena, but not without a few laughs, too. Here are your host, Steve and Chris. And good evening, cyberspace. Welcome to Squatch DTV for today's date, March 7th, 2021. I am your host, your guide, the Squatch Detective, Steve Coles, along with my co-host down there. Yep, there is no innuendo Steve. about this guy. <laughs> 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 None at all, <laughs> Mr. Chris Bennett. How are you tonight, Chris? Doing good, Steve. Man, I hope you're, uh, you're having some nice warm weather up there in New York now, looks like. And uh, yeah. we've been having some really good weather here. You dropped another degree since we've started this show. Oh, it's 24 mm. degrees. Oh, well, hmm. hey, that's better than zero, you know. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, we had that whole stretch where it was like negative two, negative three, but nothing really killer this year. So, yeah, just cold. But that's killer for me. That's cold. Of, yeah. of course, down there, past mm. the point, we have our guest tonight, Mr. Tate Hieronymus. No relation to Bob. I know one person asked me that, and I was surprised that all the, the promotion, any relation to Bob? No, no, it's not even spelled the same way. No, no, no. not at all. <laughs> I get that a lot too. Oh, God. What did uh, you know? Uh, uh, 
Jeff, um, Thomas, good friend of mine. You've met Jeff. And I remember he had a picture with you and him together and uh, a great guy just with a bad, just with a bad name stigma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, right. I, it's the number one thing I always get asked. Are you relation? I would say, yeah, I am. And he's alive. No. <laughs> no funny. The guys in the Bluff Creek project always tease me about him being my own great uncle or something. <laughs> and you're crazy. That's my crazy uncle, Bob. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, anyway, let's do the roll call. Chris, let's say hi to folks that have plopped oh. in. Oh, yeah. Hey, a lot of people already in chat, I guess. Of course, we got B. Hello, B. Always oh, first in. Frank. Frank's in second tonight. Frank, welcome. Who else we got? Well, let's see. Of course, we got the Bigfoot Society in. Hello, Bigfoot Society. Welcome, Mr. Tom Conley. And welcome, Tom. Uh, uh, we got John Swan in. John, hello. Hey, Good to see you, bud. And we got Tessa. Hello, welcome, Tessa. Tessa David Winter. Welcome. David Winter is back. Welcome, Dave. Yes, he is back, and we're oh, and David, David Parker, Parker is back. Right. Hello, David. Good welcome, to see David. you. Um. Uh oh, wait, now here goes the house. There's Mr. Jay Bachochin sporting the new shades. Hey, Jay. Am and Chris. Good? Hello, uh, Chris. How are you? Yeah. So, and of course, we got Tack. Tack. Say, Mike. Yeah. And Eric. Hello, Eric. Welcome, Eric. Ashley, Welcome. good to see you. Hi, Hi, Eric. Oh, Hi, of Ashley. Course. Hi. Of course, we got. Uh, where? Where did we? <coughs> this thing is moving already. Walt and Little Walt. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, Walt. Little Walt. Hey, we got Squatch Talk in the house. Hello, guys. Sherry Lynn. Hello. Hi, Sherry. Doug. And hello hey, to Doug. the SWPA group, Southwest Pennsylvania Big Fruit Group. Hello back to you guys. We got the Bat Mom. Hello. That's Mom. awesome. The Bat Mom. That's pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> so anyway, that's the, that's the quick roll call right now. As new people come in, we may... We may decide to harass them as they come in. Glad to see everybody. <laughs> Welcome everybody. And, um, heck of a heck of an interesting week this has been. Um, uh, Chris, we were talking about it earlier, and uh, Tate, feel free to chime in on any of this stuff that we talk about. Tonight. Yeah. One of the things we like to do if there's any newsworthy items, I might I might pop in a vowel or two and just see what happens. That's fine. That you know you may even you may even pop depending on what the topic is you may even pop in a vowel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to you know add any you know innuendo you wish to. There you go. Any any innuendo. Any innuendo you want. Sound bodily sound effect. Yeah. And of course, we also, well, speaking of people getting harassed, there's Keith. Hello, Keith. Good to see you, brother. Keith Worley. Welcome. And Mr. Jimmy Trick. And oh. that, is, that is one Jimmy. hell of a hairdo you're sporting there, son. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I wonder what Mr. Wonton would say about that hair. Mm. Oh. But anyway, uh, the news. Yes, the, 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 the news. Um, so allegedly, supposedly, uh, this comes right from the Travel Channel website, a very authoritative site, you know, the fine channel that has brought us the same network, uh, family of networks that brought us the story about the mermaids and the captured mm. Bigfoot. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, I, I can't yell at that much because I've been on those channels before, too. So in all fairness, you know, you, uh, but, <laughs> but of course, this expedition Bigfoot investigates yields unexpected DNA results. And um, we can go in about the propaganda about the show, but we're going to skip right down to uh, apparently they uh, sent the sample to the UCLA California Environmental DNA Program. 
And we have the project manager by the name of Miroslava Ramos. I'm not going to even try to pronounce the middle name there. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it Mepinguari? <laughs> Miroslava Mepinguari Ramos. Good God. <laughs> the Mepinguari. No wonder there. <laughs> we found it. Yeah. And you got you got to apologize. Um, we oh, and uh, hang on a second. We got a couple other guys. We got Doug Lockhart in the hey, house. Doug. Welcome, Doug. And hello to Topeka Flash, first time listener. Welcome, Topeka Flash. All right. And I know we, just just to point it out there before I I start with the the serenade on this thing. <clears throat> we have a lot of new subscribers this this, uh, this last few weeks, and we want to welcome you all. And we have the greatest audience out there. They're really smart. Ask great questions. So we're, we're very pleased to have you guys out there, and we appreciate all of you. We love y'all. Yep. I was going to say, we're like, what, I'm a worst first guest to be the first time you listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be all right. You, trust me. <laughs> trust me. Years ago, we had Eric Beckchard on the show. Oh, so, my God. <laughs> that weird, would, weird, weird. That weird, would be weird. a trip. That'd be a trip. Poop. You know, I have that on recording somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're going to break that out, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the uh, Eric Beckford comments that he made on the show. Oh, wow. You know, the, the funniest. Uh, oh, hang on. A couple of more names. Aaron. Hello, Aaron. Good to see Aaron, you. Sir. Welcome. And of course, we got Diane. Welcome, Diane. Hi, Diane. Um, no, Eric was a, a very interesting guest. He, he was a lot of fun. Uh, but I remember he said, well, I got one report of a, of a Bigfoot wearing human blue jeans on the side of a road. Looking all haggard, I go. Hey, that wasn't that wasn't a Bigfoot. That was just a hitchhiker. Oh my god! Didn't didn't Eric Beckler film like a lot of homemade porn though? Uh no. Well, he he said no. He actually filmed the Bigfoot, or took a pad a picture of one, and then he tried to claim them. See, that's the penis. So okay, yeah. So, and I was like, oh. And, and, in, a, in a form, in a sense. Yeah, it was like, whew. but he went to Loch Ness and he he got a Loch Ness, you know video and or film a very interesting guy long gone uh a lot of people had issues with him because he was kind of uh, a little obsessive compulsive about certain things <laughs> I, I would say so yep um so anyway uh the getting back to this dna uh statement they they wrote it's very interesting because there's no there's no report on it just some comments and it just says, we received soil samples from your team. It took a few months to get them processed. What we're looking at here are unique organisms that we we were able to identify, which is very interesting because they said they were able to identify. Our software does what is known as meta, metabar coding. So I'll match up the DNA sequences, sequences that we were able to detect and try to cross-reference them with thousands of genomes that have been published. And it's pretty common that when we're looking at environmental DNA samples, we detect humans because there's going to be human traces almost everywhere. But what I found very interesting was that, yes, we have detected human DNA in these areas, but we're also seeing different primate DNA. There wasn't just one human primate. There were several different primates, the sort of primate relative that exists in the data. Okay, that's kind of um, a roundabout way. Um, Pan troglodyte is a species of chimpanzee. Yes, we know that, uh, which you would not see in the areas you're at. It's a real head-scratcher. It's important to note that the higher the detection, the more confidence we can say that whatever the organism, whatever taxonomy we were looking at, apparent was, at, was apparent in the area. And in this case, we're looking at the pan genus or the chimpanzee genus. 
there's 3,000 reads. The technology is constantly improving. It's getting more accurate, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So what they're trying to say is, or maybe, is um, they're saying whatever the strange um, DNA was, it, it comes back to the pan species. So what are they trying to say? A Sasquatch is actually a pan? Mm. Hmm. Uh, interesting. Yeah, that is. That is. Um, you know what I'm reading in that, Steve, in that release? I'm reading they found human DNA and they found chimpanzee DNA. That's what I'm reading. I'm pretending <laughs> like I know what you guys are talking about. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it said it was. Uh, what did it say? It said that it was pan. Um, uh, it was part of the pan genus, but it didn't say pan troglodyte. Yeah. yeah. So, which a pan troglodyte is a chimpanzee. Yeah, but it, it's yeah. related to the pan species, which that's interesting. Troglodyte's um, such a funny word. And, and you see, here's the smart smartness of our group: is wouldn't it have an offset toe? Big toe, and that's a that's a great question. Um, yeah. It's hard to say, Ham and Chris. Uh, here's the reason why, and I brushed up a lot in the last few days. I've been doing my own little Bigfoot boot camp in my head in anticipation of a lot of things I got going on, and Chris knows about them um, in in the next few months. But the way I understand it is, is that even Homo sapiens, our early ancestors, had an offset toe, and we evolved. For that offset toe to become an inline toe. So, um, and, and that had to do with our bipedalism. So, you got to understand, you know, the earlier, uh, you know, um, species, like uh, I believe even Australopithecus or Paranthropus had an offset toe. Um, and then the reason why is that toe acted as a what they call a prehensile toe i mean it was meant to grip and to stabilize yep. you hear a lot a lot of uh monkeys and stuff like that having a prehensile tail and they use that to grab onto things as well as stabilize them well as we got bigger since uh and we don't climb as much as we got bigger and, and bipedal we had it was our toe became more inline because instead of gripping we needed the speed and what happens is the difference between a, a, a from what my understanding is, the, uh, the, the opposable toe um, or the offset toe, big toe, was, you know, like I said, it, its function was gripping. The inline toe is for speed and, and, and endurance. So, yeah. um, and that was something that changed uh, apparently when our running became more of an endurance thing than just a sprint. And, uh, you know, and that dates back, I mean, think about, you know, the, the marathon, you know, the running of marathon. If you go back to the Greek history, um, uh, the battle of marathon, which is where they, they, the runner ran, I think 24 miles, which is why a marathon is 24 miles ran to, I guess the other, the army, you know, where the headquarters to call in for reinforcements. I don't know. I know the exact story, yeah. but, but that in a nutshell, that's what it is. And without any innuendo, um, that's, <laughs> um, <laughs> 26. I think it's 26 miles, Steve. I'm sorry. Thank you. 26. <laughs> yeah, one, one of my old uh, commanders. Uh, well, you know, I mean, the only time you see me running means the lack oh, yeah. of it. So. 
Call me for supper. I'll run. <laughs> well, that's true. Sometimes I'll run for the dinner bell. Um, uh, I can remember that because uh, we had uh, we got in a new commander when I was in the Air Force, and we were all like, "Oh man, our last commander made us feel." Our smart enemy is not even threatening <laughs> you. It's twenty two. Get it right. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, John. Be <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's time to. But we uh, we See, got in a new why, commander, and that's we were why all I love our audience because we get something wrong, they'll straighten us right out. That's right. <laughs> we got in a new commander, and we were all you know, oh thank God, because the last commander he made us do all these physical things. Like every six months, you had to do your physical trials, and you know, after you know, after you get out of basic training, you don't really want to run like two and a half miles and crap, or walk six miles and. <laughs> three minutes or whatever. But anyway, now, uh, I, I don't know if Tack was trying to text this to somebody or what, but he just said Stewart's for ice cream and smokes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was, well, you know what? If you're going to listen to the show and go Stewart's for ice cream, you got to get monkey business. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> anyway, we were glad we got a new commander. All right. Maybe he's going to ease up on us. And then we, on the physical part, and then we found out he ran the marathons. You know, oh, no. he would like go to, uh, I think he went to New York. He traveled to do marathons and we're like, oh, God. <laughs> Why didn't he just run to the marathons where they were at? Yeah, so, really. You know, he ran the marathon. He ran to the marathon. <laughs> he ran to the marathon, then ran the marathon. <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, yeah. look who snuck in, Bob. Hello, Bob. Welcome, Bob. Um, Hello. <clears throat> Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, when you come off the mountain. <laughs> Stuart tries hey, dude, I can run downhill with the best of them. So, you know, every time Tate takes a swig of his beer. Wait, is it are we playing a drill? <laughs> I got I got half I got half a beer left, so you're gonna be a little uh, tipsy by the end of this. <laughs> no. uh, my cap is on the bottle. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> There, there, there's nothing there. The cap is on the bottle, folks. They just, they see it's on the bottle. I'm, I'm just he's, he's not really nipping. No, no. That'd be I, so funny, though. <laughs> that comes after the show. <laughs> um, well, anyhow, um, so let, let's, uh, you know, Where were I don't we? know what it's going to be, but I find that fascinating that they think it may be related to the pan species. Uh, if it's true. You know, there's a lot of a scuttlebutt about the authenticity of um, Expedition Bigfoot. I find it fascinating, though, that they've actually had some sort of statement from UCLA. So, and and Chris and I have been saying this for the better part of a year about eDNA. If there's going to be a way to start breaking this down, yes, it's going to. And it's true they they don't have a a a, uh, a specific primer to you know lay out the genome to it completely. So, um, well, yeah, they should be able to get a complete DNA. If they get some eDNA, they should be able to get a complete sample and say, okay, this percentage of it is pan. This percentage of it is matches with human, you know, but it's, it's not a uh, contaminated chimp DNA. You know, it's actually a, a living creature. Uh, so, you know, until a report comes out, all we got is, hype for a new show you know <laughs> yeah but that, that's fat i mean maybe hype for a new show <clears throat> or a hype for another season but i think it's yeah. going to be hype for another season yeah 
Yeah, oh yeah. But if they legitimately got something, I don't see them putting UCLA's name on this necessarily and be complete baloney. Um, yeah. But like I said, I haven't really gotten to dig into it to basically see if this person's legitimately that person. We 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 do that. You know, that's the kind of work we do normally. Is you know, I'm going to break the news story as it says on the Travel Channel website. But I'm going to start digging. And hey, you know what? We are going to confirm that this person actually exists, which means. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very, it's fascinating stuff. And Frank makes, you know, if we recall, could be the planet of the apes. If we recall <laughs> that wonderful science fiction story, uh, <laughs> the actual, you know, they, I'm they a, all, I'm actually rocking that shirt right now. No, nah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> go. Dr. Zayas. Yes. Dr. Zayas. She was, she was the hottest one of all the apes. Um, Ashley asked an opinion if you, if I read Dr. Uh, Jeff Meldrum's book, uh, Sasquatch Legend Meets Science. Um, uh, yeah, Ashley, I, I actually, uh, I am actually, I've read it a long time ago. Uh, I actually have a hardcover edition. I, I bought it like a day after it came out. Um, um, it is a very awesome book if you want to know foot anatomy, if you want to understand. And that was, that's why, and actually the funny thing is, is that was part of my boot camp thing is I've been listening to the audio book uh, version of it in my car while I go to work back and forth. So I, I listened to it an hour and a half a day going back and forth to work. And, you know, so that's, that's why I know very fresh in my, my mind about the, you know, what an opposable or a uh, offset toe does, meaning it's, it's a prehensile toe rather than, you know, an inline toe, which is built for speed. That's that's why it's all all there. I mean, Tate, you, I'm sure you read it because you're nodding your head. Yeah, I had I had Jeff Meldrum on my podcast a couple couple weeks ago, and he was talking a lot about that too. So yep. I was like, "Yep." You know, I, I think it's this thing was related to the great apes. Uh, we would have more tracks that look like uh, remember the Yeti, the 1957 uh, Yeti track. Uh, yep. The Himalayas where it had uh, oh had the offset toe. Like, uh -huh. That's very very. And, uh, and I myself have have written a book. What would Sasquatch do? Oh God! Right. Almost nine years ago, I, I came out with that book, and it's about how primates habitate, their behavior within certain areas of their the way they live. And I put that in relation to what we see in a Sasquatch, and that that was and. That was my main thing is why does a Sasquatch do what they do? Why do they walk off instead of being more aggressive or in certain cases they are aggressive or in certain cases they, they, they scream or they may tree knock or they may throw things. Well, that's all, you know, what I wrote about is a lot of why they do what they do. So, you know, if you want a, a, a quick little read, there's one, there's another one for you about a little more, may give you a little more insight, but, but um, Mel, Dr. Meldrum's book is by far like, you know, if, you're really, <laughs> if you take time to listen to it, you're like, huh? You can't not read that book and not believe in the existence of these creatures. It's yeah. just, that's just, um, um, so anyway, so take, how did you get started in this whole uh, messy Bigfoot business, besides having a name like Hieronymus. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Hieronymus is kind of like in the lat, you know, it didn't really count, but uh, I would honestly say circumstance just kind of had a big, you know, factor in it. Um, 
I was kind of a weird kid and um, I just found weird things that I liked that, you know, just interest me. I was like, hey, that could be cool. Um, and so I would like watch as much as I could. I was watching, you know, I'm 27. So for me, it would be like, you know, um, Monster Quest and Finding Bigfoot and stuff like that that I was watching. And I was like, man. And then the Patterson Gimlin film is what really got my attention about the whole subject. I'm like, that's the coolest thing. It could be real. So that was kind of the hook for me and like wanting to know more about this creature, really. Yep. Now, let's let's get into this. I mean, you you play a part in the Bluff Creek Project? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> but so you were there. You were there. I mean, you, you, you've experienced it. You've been to the site. So I haven't. I know Chris hasn't. Um, so bucket list. Huh? Bucket <laughs> list. I want to go to the side. Bucket list. Um excuse me. Um so let, let's start with that. How did you get kind of hooked into the, the Bluff Creek project a bit? Um I well I lived in California for four four years and I want to say it was 2016. I convinced I had my dad and a couple friends of ours. We went to the we went to Bluff Creek, California, you know, in the Bluff Creek, California area and camped out there. And I actually couldn't find the site the first time. And the second yeah. time I went with my friend that was with me the first time, couldn't find it. But we ended up running into Cliff and Bobo out there and Yamarone and Terry Smith. And they're pretty cool. But I kind of just let them be because I was new to it. And I was like, oh, they're famous. I don't want to be that guy that bothers him, you know. So I just left them. And uh, me and my friend did our own thing, really. So we couldn't find the film site again. So I ended up contacting Stephen Strayford, um again, and yep. he was telling me what, you know, the days that the Bluff Creek would go out, you know, the Bluff Creek Project guys would go out. So I ended up meeting Robert Leiderman uh, the summer, I want to say 2017, or maybe, I think it was 2017. And so I met Robert, and then I met... Kit Morrill and Rowdy Kelly, Jamie Wayne, all those guys. And that's kind of where uh, I met them and kind of got started on the, uh, being a member of the Bluff Creek Project. And they took me under their wing and taught me a lot of stuff and that I try to apply today in my uh, personal research and life. That That is all. I mean, you couldn't find a better bunch of guys. Though. I No, I agree. <laughs> you, you couldn't. Um you know, ground-based researchers, which are, are phenomenal. And um, it's at the, it's in the Bigfoot Mecca. Well, it's, yeah. it is grounds, that place is ground zero for Bigfoot, really. And not only did they rediscover the film site, but they're really closely associated with finding Bigfoot because Rowdy was like, I think, a fixer on the show and he did a scout for the uh, show. And hmm. it's, a, they're, so they are in the, uh, they're really clo closely associated with the whole Patterson Gimlin film and the, and I think that's a huge what they've contributed or what they contributed to the uh, you know Bigfoot um, God, community is pretty big in my opinion. There's a lot of innuendo there. <laughs> <laughs> it, yep. That folks is an inside joke, just, just so you know. Um, uh, um, hey, is is the site hard to hard to get to from the main road now, or is the road like paved pretty close to it now? Um. So, oh my God, how there's a dirt, there's a paved road you can take 
for only so far. Um, and then the rest is dirt road. Then you go down. So you go to like one paved road then another dirt road, then another dirt road. Then there's another side dirt road that goes down the hill. And then you actually park at the, this little berm area. And then the rest is hiking down to the film site. Oh, about how, how much of a hike you think? I mean, estimate, you know. Maybe a mile. Mile. Okay. Hey, dude, I can do that. It's not. I think. <laughs> the, the, the hardest part, in my opinion, is uh, hiking back uphill because it's an old road that there oh. was like a rock slide. Yeah. And so you can only park your car so far. You used to be able to drive down to the bottom of the creek, but you can't do that anymore. <clears throat> yeah. So you have to hike out the rest of the way. But uh, do you, you don't really need like a four wheel drive or a Jeep or anything to get back there though, do you? I mean, if you're the driving part. I'd recommend having a little high, you know, clearance. Okay. okay. Um, I, I wouldn't take a smart car out there or a, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or a Prius, but I mean, I've seen. Worse. Hey, Christmas are in Kentucky. You probably can get a Yugo out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, you could probably, I mean, it depends on how well the roads are cleared. If there's giant rocks in the middle of everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, what we're looking at, I believe, it was your 360 shot there, or your 180 shot, or whatever heck it is. Early, uh, you know, that is the the film site there. Yeah, that's is, what that's what that, the film site looks like today. That is the sandbar, is it not, or was? So the sandbar is actually, if you kind of go to the right a little bit. So yeah, kind of looking right up in there, the, the okay. sandbar is up top. Gotcha. Yeah, but I mean, it, um, the original height oh, okay, is where gotcha. the sandbar is, but it's all kind of eroded down. Yeah. So where the uh, stumps that you see in the film and the original tree, the big tree, mm-hmm. those stumps are up there on the top of the sand. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're in this area, right? Uh-huh, Just yeah. Got a lot of overgrowth over the years, looks like. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's like normal. That's, that's <laughs> the thing. Like it, I mean, like when I kind of first went to the film site, I was like, I was hoping it would look somewhat like oh, it. Oh, shut up, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those little souls are cool. I, I used to have one of those, and you know what? I used to get into a lot of places with that little thing. Yeah, they're cool. Hey, I will. The, those Kia souls are awesome. I'm not gonna lie. They're oh, just a they're a bigger version of a smart car. The until yeah, the, the engines threw a rod and blew my oil filter off the car. <laughs> the the commercials where they had the hamsters or gerbils, whatever they were, that were driving. hamsters. Hamsters, they, they were cool, man. I'm trying to stop with the innuendo there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a, a gerbil innuendo really is an innuendo. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Dude, when them things first come out, quick story. When those things first come out, they, they were advertised like $12,995. So I said, hey, I told the old lady, hop in the car. We're going up to E-Town. That's a lo- local Kia dealer. We're going to buy a Kia Soul. She's like, what? I was like, yeah, I want one. So we went up there. I said, "Yeah, I want I want a Kia Soul." You know, I thought I saw you guys had them advertised for twelve nine nine whatever ninety five. You know, have you got a black one? And he's like, "Oh no no no, that's just one car, and it's you know we sold that. Uh, we can sell you this one here for like twenty. I'm like, what? <laughs> we go from twelve to twenty. I'm like, no thanks, man. Appreciate you know what they call that? Yeah, bait and switch. switch. Yeah, that's yeah, bait and switch. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Well, sorry. Yeah. No, that's okay. Prairie Fire. Hello. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, welcome. Godzilla 2000. Oops. Oh, is, great movie. Uh, Love that. 
Oh, VW Rabbit. Rabbit. Yes, those are very tough. Yeah. Front wheel drive, uh, man, you can pull them right uh, pull them right off in the lake, the back wheels, as long as you keep the front wheels on. on the <laughs> so now everybody's piping in their favorite vehicle. Uh, Bob just yeah. Jeep all the way. I um, actually have a Honda Ridgeline, if anybody cares. There you go. Those are cool. <laughs> I, I, I have this. I have this running joke where it's like the Honda Ridgeline is the ugliest truck. I'm like, I wouldn't be caught dead in a Honda Ridgeline as I'm driving my Honda Ridgeline. <laughs> yep. It gets a it gets a few laughs here and there. Well, it's like I'd never buy a Kia Soul, and I found myself driving one for like a year and a half. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, I like Honda Ridgelines. It's just yeah, me too. people people tease me like that's not a man's truck. I'm like, I don't care. I like it. And so I just decided to have fun with myself and be like, you know what car sucks the most? Honda Ridgeline. <laughs> what do you drive? Oh, I drive a Honda Ridgeline. A prayer fire says Opal GT. Oh, yes. Oh, those are a baby Corvettes. I love those. I love Is those. there a Mini Coupe in the audience? Is there a Mini Coupe? <laughs> My, hold on. If you have a Prius, you're out. No, I'm just <laughs> Prius out. <laughs> Oh uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna get me one of those electric cars as soon as uh, we figure out how much they're gonna pay us to buy one. I, I want an electric car, I really do. Bob 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 Lemley says a Honda Ridgeline is just a Chevy Avalanche got wet and then shrunk. <laughs> oh, that's not no, that's it. I think. Hello, John. Whatever. <laughs> oh man, the Chevy Avalanche is nasty. It, my my opinion. Sorry if I offended anybody, but that's the beauty about opinions. That that is everybody has one, and most of them are in your windows. Um, <laughs> so uh, getting back to so, what's your what what is your thoughts on the infamous uh, October twentieth, nineteen sixty seven Patterson Gimlin film? What's your ideas on that? Wait, I I think it's legit. To be to be honest, um. You know, being to the film site uh, numerous times and seeing everything and just, I've actually met Bob several times and interviewed him at the film site. And, you know, knowing all the key players that have been involved working to find the film site and they know so much about it. And uh, I don't, I think it would be, a, I think it's legit. And I think uh, to hoax out there would be a, quite an undertaking and why would you do that out there you know it doesn't in my opinion i just think it's kind of too much to fake why would you go through all that trouble well if if you do read uh legend meet science um you know dr meldrum devotes an entire chapter just to the patterson gimlin film and it's very hard not to believe in the film when you hear the breakdowns of the of the muscularity and of the structure and of the, he even did a dissertation on the, the castings that were done afterwards, not only by uh, Roger Patterson the, the day after Bob Titmus, I think, like, but then, but then later on in the week, Bob Titmus, and there was another gentleman that came in a forester. Well, I can't think of his name. Escapes, he came in a week later. You're not and, talking about Renee to though. No, no, there was a forester that came in a week later that wanted to check the area out and found, like five or six more casts. Oh, I think I think I know who you're talking about. I just can't yeah. Think of the name yeah, his name is on the tip of my tongue too. Um, 
but you know, so it's very interesting that somebody a week later came down there, third party to the whole thing, and find more castings. Yeah. So, well, like that's a thing too. And like, um, one of the things Jeff has talked about, like in my presentation that I've seen, is you know, Planet of the Apes. Um, that that film was in production in '67, and they had millions of dollars, I'm sure, you know, back then to make costumes. But it was more like the face prosthetics and everything and, not and full body. thank you so much mr steenberg that was the name of the tip of my tongue lyle laverty yep absolutely. yeah okay, uh, there it is there thank it you is. tom and welcome I mean, we didn't see you in there we didn't get <laughs> welcome tom welcome tom we gotta have you back on sometime soon there tom tom was awesome i have one of his books or a book he helped write it's one yeah. of my favorites um, no just, i i think the film is real and the fake that I don't, I don't think they even had the costume material to make something as real as that. And if it was fake, how can they can't recreate, uh, if it, how can it's, if it's fake, how come they can't replicate the costume in 67? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's been what, like 55, 54 years, give or take. Yep. Yeah. Do it. I, I don't buy the Philip Morris thing. No, I just, don't. I, 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 I just um, nope. you know, um, you know, as far as like, like, you know, Bob Hieronymus, um, he sounds more credible than Philip Morris. Yeah, but yeah. then he's like saying, oh, Philip Morris and I were to get in on it, too. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and, and a lot of people say, you know, well, you know, and, and, and see, this is the thing I don't get about, you know, Greg Long's book. And, and, and mind you, I think it was an honest effort by him. Unfortunately, he got involved with Cal Korf, who, you know, he, he was a, a guy who loved to exaggerate things. Um, you know, he basically used a lot of his, you know, some of his material, I guess. And Cal Corf will tell you, he's the guy who solved the OJ mystery. And he was, you know, he, he was making up a lot of stories, called himself a colonel in the Israeli secret services. And then eventually he had to come out and say, well, it, it, it's a private company. So you're a security guard. You're a colonel in a security guard company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what you are. You're fine. And he would take pictures of himself like in his camouflage Israeli uniform with the colonel bars on him. He was wackadoo. That's who opened up Greg Long's book. So, you know, if I was Greg Long, after all this stuff came out, he probably went, oh, what, what did I do? Um, but then you have this guy, Philip Morris, who, you know, he sits there and looks at the film in 67. Now, that's my film. Well, if I legitimately made that suit, what was the first thing I would do? I'd keep that receipt. Yeah. That'd go in a safety deposit box. Yeah. That would be kept because that's a piece of history there. Yeah. yeah. And then who has the suit? I mean, does Bob Hieronymus have it or does Patricia Patterson have it? Or well, yeah. 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 The suit is, it's nowhere to be found. No. Um, yeah. It's a very passing comment. Well, I gave it back to Bob and that was it. You didn't take a you didn't take a picture of it. You didn't, you know. Allegedly, he showed it to a bunch of people who came forward. Yeah. You know. So when you but, recreated that thing for that TV show, Bob, you didn't want to wear the original suit that was in the original film. You had for Philip Morris make you another one. Yeah. Which well, is he, what he did. Uh, yeah. Well, according to Bob's story, he, uh, I guess Roger took the suit, uh, or Al Hyde, or somebody took it. Uh, not, uh, uh, Del Atley took the suit, I believe. Um, but anyway, um, but Philip Morris, you know, you know, Greg Wong goes into this great dissertation of what a bad person Roger Patterson was based on this, that, and the other thing. Well, people didn't realize that at the time Philip Morris said, oh, it's my suit. 
he was in the middle of a copyright infringement lawsuit by the people that created Barney. A lot of people didn't know that. He was being sued at the time by the, uh, the creators of Barney because he had this purple dinosaur costume. Wow. Which conveniently came out after Barney. So they went after him. So yeah, he was going to take a financial hit on that. So what's a better thing to, you know, to kind of jack up sales a little bit or say, hey, look at me. You know, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's my suit. And didn't he like come out like years after the Patterson died? And like, oh, they all did. Yeah. In In fact, like, he, he you, came if, out. He, he came out after Hieronymus did. But yeah, if, like if you're so adamant that that's your suit, or if Bob was so adamant that that he it was him in the costume, why didn't you even start from the beginning? <laughs> right. Right. Um. And why why would you say that? Well, yeah, I say, hey, you know what? I I made that costume. Look at that. Look how good that is. He fooled you every for years, and then he would have made, you know. And he, you know, again, it it just seems to me the whole thing was kind of ad hoc put together, and of course. You know, her, then, then of course, everybody wants to pair Hieronymus and uh, Philip Long together, and um, you know that. Of course, then their stories build on one another's. But if you look at, and I think it was John Green who made made that point many years ago. If you look at Bob's story, he said that it was a four piece suit, and you look at what Philip Moore said, it was a five piece suit. So they weren't even. <laughs> their, their, their stories didn't match. Yeah. Also, uh, Bob originally said that the, that the suit was made from a horse hide. Yes, correct. And it stink. You know, it would right. It, it stunk. Yep. Yeah. And Philip Morris, you know, obviously didn't make a, a costume from horse hide. No. So. Uh, no. Yeah, he would have had to use uh, what was it, Dynell or something? Uh, I can't remember the name of the. Uh, I, I uh, the uh, fake fur. I think it was Dynell, but I'm not sure if that was available or or not back. Dang it. Don't know about, enough about the costume, really. Don't. <laughs> and then uh, Frank said, uh, did he also have the 1973 Schlock Ape suit, too? I believe he did have some gorilla outfits. But they look like, you know, the gorillas uh, you see in the Three Stooges. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I was fixing to say, I've seen the uh, his gorilla <laughs> costumes, and it was that was not Patty, okay? If Patty is a costume... That's His best costume was not, yeah, that was not used. <laughs> nope. I need to get us a little, uh, um, <laughs> I think I got one right here. Hang on. Um, so when I do gorilla costume, there's, there's what we have. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, patio, that's right? a good one there. Yeah, that's a good one. And then, of course, we have the infamous. Uh, that looks nothing like Patty, though. Well, yeah, the stomach is really. Uh, I mean, uh, no. Uh -uh. So, so yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> That's very laughable. Uh, well, you know, geez. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but when we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! <laughs> awesome. So I, I, I just... Uh, <laughs> sorry, I didn't throw that one in there. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. You still, you still have that other one to use, too. 
Well, and nobody, nobody demands a band. But, but that, the beautiful thing about that one is we can always throw it back in there if we need to laugh again like that. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, you know, there is a little delay, so I'm waiting for the chat room to see that. <laughs> I'm like going, I keep... Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that's the extent of that suit. Um, <laughs> I don't, it's fake. The suit is that Philip Morris made is not nothing like Patty. Patty's real in the story. <clears throat> so here's a, here's an interesting, thing. Uh, and of course, Judy, uh, hello, Judy. And of course, Judy says this very facetiously. I can tell by the eyes in there. She says that was a bloody massacre at Bluff Creek. M.K. Davis. Oh, oh my God! Don't don't get me started. Yeah, you know what we think of that one? Cuckoo. The whole massacre theory. I think it's cuckoo, like cuckoo puffs. Part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to put that one back in there. <laughs> um, uh, oh my god! You know. <clears throat> oh, I, I can't. I can't bring up religion. I said God. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, let, let's let's look at look at some things on, on a fact basis. Is there a timeline problem with the Patterson game on film? Yes. There is. Very much so. Now, what what that problem is with the timeline? I have no idea. <laughs> that's I think that's one of the missing keys to figuring out the puzzle, in my opinion. Right, but to sit there and come up with an idea because you know, and I think that's what kind of threw MK a little bit. You know, uh, so for a long time, <clears throat> for a long time, I, I think he struggled with that. And then, you know, boom. Um, you know, for some people, it makes the film a hoax because there's a timeline problem. And I myself have always, uh, um, yeah, exactly, uh, Tom, which is it? Morris suit or um, Morris suit or horse side by Patterson himself. Long blues. I, I agree. Um, I, I have not read the entire book. I have read excerpts from it. I do not own the book. Yeah. Um, but there are there are, are timeline. And somebody, I think, Judy, I, it, you have to be a little more precise to explain, please, the timeline problems. Um, yeah. there, there does seem to be some, some issue with how the film made it to the airport. Yeah, because they were uh, like, what, they filmed it and they camped in the middle of the night and or they filmed it and went immediately and mailed it off to Al the Atley or what's going on? So what the story was, and uh, again, I'm I, I'm very read up on this now too because I've been looking and exploring that possibility as Chris knows. Mm -hmm. um, but as the story goes, they filmed it at 1.30. Now, mind you, the, the pack horse and Roger's horse are gone. They tracked it for a little bit. Rod, uh, Bob tracked it for a little bit until like up the hill a bit, and he tracked it till the point where he could see it some wet stones where it had crossed over the creek and then into a wooded area. And Bob wanted to continue on. Um, so Roger's like, Hey, you know, he, cause he didn't have his gun. His gun was in the scabbard. His, his horse is gone. So this is now one 30, going on that time. Now they have to, now mind you, they, they had to find the pack horse. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, then they made the initial tracks, I believe. Yeah. So they find the pack horse and, and, and Roger's horse. They, they go back to camp, which was two and a half miles out. They gather up their casting materials, go back, and cast a couple of the prints. They know they got more, so they want to protect those. So they, they take the, they let the, whatever the case is. So they, then they come back to the camp, and then they drive in. Now, depending on which version, they either drive in the Willow Creek first or they drive directly to the airport first. But according to the original story, they drove into Willow Creek first to Al Hodgins' store where Roger made some phone calls, and then they went to the airport. Now, um, Bob was not familiar with the area as, as good as Roger was, but Roger was not sure if he, he believed he went to Eugene. And apparently there's a Eugenia as well, and he gets those confused sometimes. But apparently they said he went to Eugene. And what I believe he actually went to is the Arcadia Eugene Airport. Which yeah. is not in Eugene, Oregon. It's actually a little further away in, I believe, is it Marysville or something like that, um, California. So it's a little bit further, further out than even Eugene. Then apparently they went back to Hodgins' store again. Now, here's where the issue is: is by that time it would have had to have been nine in the evening, nine thirty in the evening. Was Hodgins' store even open that time of night? You know, well, if they were friends, maybe they drove to his house and had him open the store for them. Well, according to the story, he went to the store because Al had some boxes there. Yeah. And they took the boxes, and they put them in the back of the truck, and they went back to the, the campsite. Mm-hmm. Now, see, here's the, here's the other issue I have with the whole thing is, well, they took, what did they do? Did they load the horses? Because did they leave their animals in the camp by themselves? Because now you're looking at, you know, uh, almost a... a seven hour period of time between the stops and the driving and the stops and going back to the camp. You know, it seems kind of, you know, would you leave your animals alone? You well, know, maybe they put, maybe they left the trailer and put them in the trailer. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, so you have all this time and then they, they go back and they camp there for the night. And then at three o'clock it rains and the, the boxes got all wet and muddy. So they couldn't use those. So Bob covered them up with pine bark and that's the ones Titmus had found. <coughs> so, <coughs> so it's quite a. <coughs> there is a little bit of a timeline issue there. Um, you know, it just there's a lot of travel in that time, and if anybody knows the area, you know, you got to drive down the Willow Creek, and then you got to go around and drive up to the airport. It's at least there's, an hour and a half to get from the film site. I mean, now to get from the film site, driving to uh, to Willow Creek. At least, no. And then you're talking about another 45 minutes to go up to the airport, and then 45 minutes back, and then you got to take the time to give it to the air guy. Now, I believe that somewhere down the road, somebody said that there was no flights. The flights were grounded out of the airport that evening, so that makes it even a little more disconcerting because of the weather coming in. But uh-huh. again, I I don't have, uh, and it would be pushed the travel time now on modern roads. I don't think you could do it. Uh, and back then, those roads were not. <laughs> Nearly, I'd say now, now, most of them now, were probably gravel. Now, I did hear the story that that was one version. Then the story gets a little, little gets told another way, where they went to the airport first and then went. But it makes more sense that if they went to Hodgins' store, because how would they know that there was a film going to be there? You know, so if you believe the story there, they went to the airport first. How would they even know? How would the guy be ready there, waiting for that film to fly it? If they didn't know there was a film, 
Yeah, and Willow Creek is probably one of the – well, I'm sure back then maybe one of the only towns you could probably call out from right. before you get to even uh, or, or, yeah, Orleans, I guess. So, yeah, and you can think no, about or, it. Not Orleans, it, sorry, Eureka. Eureka. It makes, a lot, it makes a lot of sense that they went to Willow Creek first uh, because if – let's say they went to the airport first. Well, that made no sense uh, because why would they go to the airport unless, you know – and that would be, you know, the, the the people that believe it's a hoax would say, you see, they were planning on filming this. That's why they, you know, they went directly to the airport. The guy was ready and waiting for him for the film and off he went. Yeah. And that's one scenario. But then you have another scenario. And unfortunately, they were told it both ways. And there is a version out there that where they went to the airport first. And there's another version where they said they went to Willow Creek first. And um, so I think that's where MK kind of started getting crosswired. Um you know, is it possible that is it possible that they spent an extra day there before you know, is it possible they waited a day? You I know, mean, just that's say, very possible. And we're going to do this because we don't want people to come into the area. Yep. You know, and and, and destroy the site. Yep. You know, if we say this and it comes out, but well, because I think I think no. what that old log that was in the middle of the, you see in the film, um, that's not there today. And I think loggers went and took that out, so maybe they stayed there because you know logging. I think you could get access <coughs> to that film site yeah. by vehicle and log everything out of there. So maybe they could have stayed another day to make sure loggers didn't come in and you know, traipse around and mess up any footprints that they found. Right. So it's, you know, there, there, there's reasons, um, you know, so unfortunately, and like I say, the, a story is only as good as, uh, a film is only as good as a story behind it. So that leaves a lot of questions for me. And that's why I think, but then you look at the stuff Meldrum has done and others have done with the film. Yeah. Over the years and the enhancements and MK had, had a lot of credit to do with that initially, you know. <laughs> there, there was Nassi, and then there was M.K. Davis, uh, who had you know done a great job of you know stabilizing that film and bringing oh, yeah. a lot of the detail out. Quality work, yeah. But but like I said, how did he go from there? I don't think M.K. Davis is an evil man. I think some of his followers are evil. <laughs> I believe in it because they they they, they can't argue convention. Uh, with this, because the bottom line is, no matter where, how you look at it, you can say, well, you know, the timeline doesn't add up. Yeah, agreed. But you can't go from one to the other and then say, well, it's because of that red. That's blood. And as somebody that has been a paramedic, has been to crime scenes, has been to people that have been. Um, um, OK, thank you, Tom, that that flown out of Murray's Air, Airfield Airport south of Arcata. OK, awesome. Good. That that's good to know. I, I make sure I'll I'll I, I gotta write that one down. I'll put that in my little journal because I, I tend to journal now with stuff I'm researching. Um you know I know you look at blood blood does not is not red for very long because blood has iron content. Uh iron it begins to brown very quickly, and then especially in water. After about 12, 15, 17 hours, it begins to turn black. 
and it looks like black sludge. Yep. Looks like oil, and that's what it looks like. Uh, I know I've seen somebody dead in a bathtub that bled out from a from a suicide, and that's what happened. They laid there in the pool, and it was black, and it, they, you know they had been missing for like a day, day and a half, and it was black. The water even amplifies the oxidation and the rusting of the iron in the blood. So, so yes, that's uh, yeah, and it becomes jelly, very jelly-like, exactly. Right. Yeah, it's, it's like well, I've been there. Um, so people are agreeing with me in the chat room. Um, uh, I don't know. The original film was Life with Roger's Wife. That's what the lawsuit was about. Not sure. Um, uh, uh, I know there uh, were copies. Uh, the original uh, film is lost. From my yeah, yeah. The original film was lost. Uh, I guess Patricia had a copy of it. Funny thing is, and, and this is very funny, Bill Munns brought this up, and I'm a holder of a lot of secrets, and I remember this, but when when Bill Munns, who's doing a lot of great work with the, yes. with, the, with the film, he's layering all the copies to bring out the definition. Yes. And then he found like one of the original copies. And guess who had it? Mm. Eric Beckard. Uh -huh. But the funny thing is, I knew he had or at least he claimed he had it. Yeah. Because he always said, you know, I have a copy of the Patterson, one of the original copies of the Patterson film. And I thought, yeah, well, right. Okay, whatever. <laughs> he did. He did. Sure enough. Yeah. Sure enough, he did. No, um, I got to Okay, I want to make sure I'm... When did Bill Munn say he found that? Not entirely sure. I know it was on a Finding Bigfoot episode. Okay, I was there yeah. then. Yeah, right. I That's was there right. for that. Yeah. Right, and, and and he had we had talked to him uh, previous to that too. Uh, Chris and I privately, so we we had known privately. Chris and I had known privately that he had found that film from Beckford's collection even before the the, the filming of the the Bigfoot show aired because we, you know, but we we don't you know loose li lips sink ships. So he said that to us in confidence. We keep it in confidence. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, it wasn't our story to break. It's his. Yeah. So where he wants to break it, it's up to him. Yep. Um, you know, it's uh, very, very, that whole film thing and then the lawsuits and, you know, and then we have the, the fake Bob Gimlin. Hmm. Uh, people forget that story about the fake Bob Gimlin. Shortly after the film was made, Bob Gimlin had a falling out with Roger Patterson. Yep. And, um, and part of it, in, in reading all the material, uh, it was because Bob looked at the film that Sunday, and he was the least enthusiastic out of everybody. Yeah, according to Bob, John John Green was there, Renee DeHinden was there, Al Del Atley was there, Roger Patterson was there, and Bob was there. And Bob looked at it and said it was so far away. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I don't think you know. Um, there you go. Um, Munn's also used uh, John Green's copy as well. Yep. So Bob's feeling at the time was probably that's the reason why I kind of got left out was because I was the least enthusiastic about the whole thing. But then come to find out that, that Roger was using a fake Bob Gimlin at these presentations. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. That's a problem. 
And, and, oh and when Roger was on his deathbed, Bob and he, Bob went to see Roger, and they he apologized for that, and they kind of made they, they made their peace right then and there, you know, days before he died. Thank God. Seriously. Yeah. Um. But you know, they used a fake Bob Gimlin, and it's like, wow. It's, so you, you look at that thing, and you're going, well, you know, now I can understand why people, the skeptics, are so critical of that because you you look at some of these facts. That's well, it was one of I think it was one of Bob's friends that busted him because he went to a presentation. Correct. The film and when uh, Patterson introduced the Bob Gimlin, fake Bob Gimlin, the guy stood up in the audience and said, "You're a damn liar. That's not yeah. Bob. Gimlin. That's not Bob. <laughs> I Gimlin. know Bob Gimlin. That's not him. <laughs> <laughs> that's when the big that's yeah. when the big hook comes out and stays. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be like Whoa. that'd be like me going on tour with Chris Farley and saying it's Matt Moneymaker. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty, you know, but you can't make this stuff up, you know. Huck, trust me right there, son. There's a joke there. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man. Busted. That's so funny. But that that's a that's a problem, you know, yeah, that's an I issue. I'd like to see. I'd like. I would have loved to have. I would have paid anything to see Philip Morris take that suit into the shop in Mighty Sharp, the barber shop on Coming to America. <laughs> yeah, I would have loved you to see that. that. Too, didn't you? <laughs> oh, I, I watched a couple of. I watched right, and uh, yeah, because the the old guy would have been. Is that velvet? Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, poor, oh, David poor, asked, poor, uh, poor Dave goes fake Bob Gimlin. What and what? And I what? missed it. Oh. Okay, <laughs> yeah, okay, ahead, folks. I, I know. I'm I'll repeat it real quick. When, when Roger Patterson took this on tour, him and Bob Gimlin, the real Bob Gimlin, had a falling out. So, Bob, Pat, Roger Patterson was using a fake Bob Gimlin at these presentations. So True, this happened. True, and it did happen. And uh, even even Bob Gimlin will tell you oh. that that actually happened. Um, <laughs> that was actually in the story uh, in his big uh, that big article he had a few years back. Uh, that five or six page article uh, uh, where he discussed was it a curse, was it that, and it was one of the outdoor magazines that did it. I forget the exact name of the title. I I know Mr. Steenberg knows the title of that article. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, with magazine, but I, I got so many things rolling in this coconut. Um, so yeah, so uh, you know, to me, you look at some of that and it makes you go, Ugh. yeah. But then you go with the, the you know, the, the film itself, the science. To me, it's one of the few things where the story is more shaky than the science behind the film. <laughs> you know, a lot of times we get the, these 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 pictures. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure it looks pretty good, but the story is garbage, you know. Where you know, and, and in this case, um, maybe the film is real and they hoax the story, yeah, yeah. Um, you and usually it's the opposite way around the film is horrible and the story's good, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, well, I, I don't know, it's uh, it's like one of those things where we may never know what you know, really, really transpired there. I wish I could be like a fly on a tree to see what actually happened. Well, to me, being at that site, you must have had that yearning there so much. Yeah, you do. Like, I wish I could have just been this tree over here. And I, you really think about that when you're there. I was like, 
what if I was just like an animal here, just a li- like a little caterpillar eating a little a leaf on one of these ferns, or or for you know Douglas fir, um, <laughs> something like that. Well, David, unfortunately, that's not true. The film is all you need. Leave out the drama. Let the film talk. That's not true. You can't say that. And I'll give you a good reason why. Um, if you if you take that attitude, then you will be fooled time and time again by hoaxers. Mm-hmm. Because hoaxers don't need a story. Um, uh, hoaxers don't need a story. Um, you know, hoaxers don't need a story. They can put out whatever. They can put CGI out there. It looked like the most convincing thing you can find. Where it breaks apart is the story. Yeah, and, and that's that, so you have you cannot be. It's almost like okay, look at the crime scene, but forget what people say they did. Right, you can't do that. That's not a full investigation. You got to have all the elements. Now, to me, we do know this. We do know that they took a film. We do know that they stopped at Al Hodge and Soar in Willow Creek. We do know that they went to the airport, Murray Field, apparently, just south of um, Eugene. Uh, we do know uh, that they went back to Hodgson's store and got boxes. And we do know they went back to the... Um, uh, the site that night. Film site, yeah. Film site. So, my question, my my uh, my point is, is that there is a story behind this. Now, does it stitch together perfectly or flawlessly? No, it doesn't. There's some questions. Okay, big deal. Uh, you know, the whole thing about the fake Bob Gimlin. Is it is it pertinent to is it pertinent to the film? No, it's not. That that we can actually set aside because that happened post filming. Let's talk about what happened around in the filming. Um, trying to think what else, uh, what other pieces of advice? Because a film is only as good as the story behind it. Now, the facts have been established that all these things did happen uh-huh. with time, with ordinary, and it's kind of up for debate. That's what MK Davis got hung up on, and he went completely off, off the rails. Um, but that's you know that that's what you have to do in an investigation. You have to look at everything, because if I have somebody that gives me a film and their story is like, huh, you know, then you know they're lying to you. If you just look at a film, then you're going to be hoaxed, and you're going to believe in a lot more that you shouldn't be believing in. And that's the difference between, you know, what. A, a bystander does and, and a researcher does. A research should need to know every little aspect of a film. In fact, when I get, you know, I, I, I years ago, 2006, I was uh, the interstate video hoax, the Wisconsin video hoax. Man, I, I was interviewing these guys and I was calling them out as I saw it. The same thing with the infamous Sonoma video hoax, the Penn and Teller hoax. Um, and I called it just like I saw it after, after reading to witness, witness had said to, some of the investigators, I go, I know, and looking at the guy's account of it, I knew it was baloney. Look at the Bigfoot peeper pictures. Okay, if we look at those pictures on, on surface, 
Oh, yeah, I believe it. But then you look at the story behind it, and the story behind it was garbage. Uh And eventually it led to the debunking of it. (laughs) Yeah. Because, okay, so you can't just look at a picture and and, and judge it. You have to look at the entire thing. Or someone who makes multiple hoaxes, then you can. Yeah. Then all you need is the photo in that case. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, you know. Todd, uh, I'm Todd Standing's Todd Muppets. Yeah, yeah. Muppet. Yeah. Um, hey, old. Yeah. <laughs> Kermit T. Squatch here. Kermit. <laughs> That's now, Kermit T. Squatch. Uh, there it is. The film was developed at Ford Motion Picture Lab, 306 Fairview Ave, North Seattle. Um, now, I thought it was trying. I thought it was filmed at the, the is it the Cine? Uh, Cine Labs, uh, maybe the same lab, but it wasn't a it wasn't a Ford Motion Picture Lab. Maybe it was called that. Um, Might have been called that then, Steve. You know, yeah, I it could know. it could have been. I, I know because it was only in business. I think it was bought out yeah. and became that. Yeah. Uh, afterwards, but um, yes, thank you. It's called research. You've got to you've got to look at every deal, aspect. Tom. And, and um, uh. So, uh, OT's got a thing. A while back, I was assisting finding the exact site of Multimoros by the African country's military. The initial story gave us the village where it was carried out, but the people... The uh, initial story gave us the village where it was carried out, but the people carrying it out... Uh, there we are. Turned out to be military. We got down to the... Yeah, you got to look at the story. Um... Mm. um if if he did, I uh, is that what he's saying? Quickly, he says, "What do you think about Todd standing getting a new show on Discovery?" I haven't heard of one uh, other than what's coming from his mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and he said, "I believe he's been saying that for the better part of a year now." So, um, and I have my little wedge into the the tv industry a bit and my understanding is discovery since expedition bigfoot and they're kind of bringing back things of finding bigfoot here and there they're not looking for any more bigfoot shows no yeah uh which show was the uh the bigfoot captured on was that discovery or was that uh, that was travel channel travel okay yeah okay it'd probably be more likely to get something on travel channel in that case <laughs> well, then again, with Discovery Plus rating or uh, getting uh, commercials, yeah, is not as important because it's commercial free. Yeah, now it's about subscribers. That, that kind of changes the game a little bit. Yeah, you know? I feel like he would do better on Netflix. <coughs> to be honest, I'd be uh, better better adept on boob tube. Um, <laughs> not YouTube, boob tube, <laughs> which is better. <laughs> His new show is called Todd Standing Alone. <laughs> oh. Well, that's, that's terrible. That's my favorite thing I've ever heard. Oh. Yeah, Standing is advertising it, but my question is, is travel advertising it? I, I haven't seen anything on it. No, if, you know, and, and here's the thing. If that's the case, if they give that clown a show, you know, all I can say is, power to you, Todd, for fooling people. And, and sticking in there. I, 
I don't know. Every time I see one of his footage, I mean, okay. In my opinion, I think he's pretty knowledgeable about the subject, but his, you know, his videos and photos are fake. And and he's not really the greatest TV personality. No, I mean, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I'm just gonna say no. How, how, you know, and if that's the case, how about them gloves in the back of the truck? <laughs> the Bigfoot gloves, the gorilla gloves in the back of the truck. Yeah. Jeez, I don't know. He's so fake. Um, but anyway, uh, well, we're having a great discussion tonight, and it's just flying along. <laughs> oh, uh, quickly, he's got one. It says, have you guys seen the Patterson drawings floating around? Kind of questions his authenticity. I, I, I assume you're talking about the Bigfoot with the breasts. Is that the one? Quickly, no. There's several. Actually, there are several pictures of of um, uh, the breasts. Um, uh, absolutely. Um, oh, I drew pictures like that when I was 13. <laughs> Some of them are pretty horrible. Yeah, that's true. Um, hang on. Uh, let me just open up something. All right, there we go. Okay, so. Well, you know, anytime... You bring up the Patterson Gimlin film, there's always a controversy involved. Every and, time. Uh, yeah. Because you have people, I mean, that are 100%, that's a Sasquatch. Okay. I know, Tate, you might be one of them, and that's fine. <laughs> that's I, fine. I, you know what? I, I'm willing to accept that it could be fake because the timeline is yeah. sketchy, but at the same time, the film. Well, you know, that, that's the thing, man. You got people. You know, they're hundred percent. That's a Sasquatch, and then you have other people say, "Well, it's hundred percent a hoax." We got to be maybe somewhere, some people in the middle. You know, you got you got to have a balanced view, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's page one hundred. Oh my god! Yeah, that doesn't look like a breast. It looks like a penis. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, it's too skinny. Well, there are there there are other pictures. I just don't have any of uh, the other ones. But yeah, there are the breasts. But you know what? Here's the thing: those breasts look very similar to like a chimpanzee breast. Yeah, they look like flaps. Right, and and if you look at typical primate breasts in like gorillas and in uh, chimpanzees, bonobos, and um, orangs, they are not. Robust, uh, you know, the human breast is very differently for a primate than all the rest of the primates. So, and that uh, actually, it's, uh, it's actually ge- easier on the eyes as well. Yeah, exactly. Yes, <laughs> but uh, as you you know, you listen to uh, you know, Doctor Meldrum addresses that in the book as well about the you know breast shape, and um, you know, he says that actually uh, Patty's breasts are kind of don't necessarily conform to your typical. Um, Chimp, like chimpanzee or chimp, yeah. Exactly. And that's the other thing. Why would you, why would you put breasts on a costume if you're faking something? Right. And this was actually uh, his drawing was actually a copy of another drawing. Again, Roger was a very good artist, in my mm-hmm. understanding. Um. <clears throat> so here's my 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 question: It is just it does look really bad because the book got published in 1966. And then the um, film came out the next, the following yep, year. It, yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. It was the William Rowe encounter, mm, yep, yeah. which Roger, which Roger plagiarized in his book. Absolutely, yeah. a lot of his books, uh, much of his book, because I have it, 
um, a, a lot of it was most of it was just accounts from newspapers. And what, what year was this one? In? Okay, uh, so yeah, 64. Roger's been to Bluff Creek long right. before the film, so he kind of knew the area, and then again, yeah. with the plagiarism in the book, in 60, yeah. or, nine, or what was it, 66, you said? Yes, the book came out in 66. And then the film came out in 67? Yep. I, I mean... The, almost I'm, a year later. <laughs> I'm like saying, yeah, I mean, there's there's no reason to think the film couldn't be hoaxed since he's been to the area already, you know, so he knows the area. I mean, I think that track was not taken too far from when the film was out, too. Yeah. yeah. There, there, there's a lot of questions. A lot of questions. There's more. The, long, the deeper you look into it, the more questions you have about the story and some of the background behind it. You know? Yeah. You know, it kind of reminds you of, you know, if you think about it, and uh, God, I, I don't want to even compare, but if you think about it, did Todd Standing take a page from Roger Patterson? From Roger book. Patterson, because if you think about it, you know, Todd Standing came out with a website in 2005 talking about Sylvanic, the magical area that only non-Native Americans know, and that you can enter through a little hole in the cave. Of course, the government years later closed that hole up. So you can't get there, huh? Um, you know, and, and, then, the and then all of a sudden, a couple of years later, and here's all the boom. And a year after that, boom. And a year after that, boom. You know, um, well, there's been but, a lot of stuff. But, but the, the, different, the difference is, the difference is, is Roger was one and out. Mm -hmm. That's believable. But when you get one, oh, there's one crawling up the hill. You can't hardly make it up. Or, you know, the first one was actually the tree being shook. And like, you know, shaking the tree. And the second one was the thing crawling up the hill. Then you came out with the Muppet. And then came the other Muppet. And then came the, uh, the, the, um, was it the it wasn't the, 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 size the gorilla face there that, yeah. that one. and then all of a sudden the gorilla face three two years later began to blink um which didn't blink before as at least as a picture and then we have now his father painted up and that's who it is it's his father in in, in the movie um so yeah uh very very interesting so we'll get off the topic of of todger um, yeah 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 let's get back over to uh, yeah. the pg film but dude. but you see that that's that is a classic hoaxer boom boom hey, boom, boom, boom there's been a lot of science done and bill munns has done a lot of it yep uh and he did one a study and i'm not sure if it's still on his website or not uh the the munns report but you can go check it was the dealing with impact trimmers and uh, the way that Patty's parts moved as she walked and the, the tremor from that. And it was really scientifically well done. And uh, excuse me, you know, Bill Munns is one of my heroes. He's a yeah. very smart guy. Yeah. And you the know, way he did that study, you know, if you got, haven't read it yet, you know, you need to. It, it's really well, good. You know, you know, you have in the in the uh, you have the North American Science Institute, NASA, that, that their study on it. Then you have. Uh, like I said, the stuff that M.K. Davis did. Then you have, you know, uh, Grover Krantz's analysis. You have Dr. Yeah. Meldrum's analysis. You've had Jimmy Chilcutt look at the Patterson uh, uh, things. You've had, um, you've had, you know, there's just so much. Um, yeah. And then you have Bill Munz's work. Um, yeah. There's been a lot of, of, of science and a lot of, of film 
expertise and people that have expertise in costumes and uh, even from the tracks, um, you know, and you have Roger to, uh, or, or rather Dr. Dr. Jeff talking about that. I recently watched a, a Renee DeHinden um, a lecture um, uh, by a conference. I believe Daniel Perez was holding um, and Jeff Meldrum was in the audience and, um, uh, and you know, he, you're not uh, Renee, about, you're not, yeah, yeah, you're talking about when Renee like had a fit or something. Was, no, no, this was a little, this was when Renee, Renee was talking and then Renee, you know, yielded a little bit to Dr. Meldrum who just, who talked about the foot of the Patterson tracks. So, you know, and, and the, 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 the mid tarsal break seemed in line with what he'd seen in other with other things, and I know where Meldrum and Renee had differed was over the Freeman stuff. Renee hated Freeman. Um, Meldrum was actually a believer in Freeman stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, we have a couple of questions. Uh, yeah, uh, we got two: one from Tack and one from Mister Steenberg. We'll go to Mister Steenberg's question first. Uh, has Tate and the Bluff Creek Project found tracks or any other evidence near the film site? Um, I found some tracks that, you know, I, w I don't want to say they're, you know, Bigfoot tracks, but they were suspicious. But, you know, at the same time, Bluff Creek is an area that's frequented by a lot of people who are into Bigfoot. So it could have been salted. I, yeah, I think so. Okay. So what was the coolest thing that you have seen at the film site? Good I question. have, I have two of them. I have two of them. Actually, no, I have three of them. <laughs> And this, I've, I've seen Bob Gillen at the film site, so that was probably the top coolest thing I've seen. <laughs> the second, the second coolest thing is the really big tree that you see in the, uh, the film, the original film with Douglas Fir, and then a smiley stump that you can see right next to Patty. So, as far as like the landmarks go, <laughs> the big tree and the smiley stump in the film were probably the coolest things that are still at the site today, and the. Uh, that's really cool to be standing nice. like right next to it. Yeah, and yeah. if you you guys got to check out the uh, the Bluff Creek Project site, the YouTube page, because it's got a lot of videos on there, a lot of cool stuff that you see. <coughs> um, that would be so cool to take a photo, of, like standing next to that stump, and you going like this, and then uh, overlay an image of Patty walking there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the one of the uh, according to Daniel Perez, because I don't think I mean he's pretty authoritative on the uh, film, you know, yeah. is one of many. Um, I was able to obtain an interview with Bob Gimlin telling about the whole sighting and what happened at the film site in front of the big tree that you see in the film. Wow. And uh, according to, uh, oh, I just said his name, Dana Perez. <laughs> mm. Yeah, he said there's no other film like that of Bob Gimlin because like Finding Bigfoot was there, but you don't really recognize anything yeah. when yeah. Finding Bigfoot was there with Bob. And so that's, to my knowledge and to his knowledge, it's the only film of or interview of Bob Gimlin at the film site ever. Yeah. And so the there's actually a full copy of it at the North American Bigfoot Center for Cliff. I I lent it to him so he can just play it there. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cool. That's a um. <clears throat> yeah. Well, a couple of questions by Quick Witty. Um. 
What does Tate think about the massacre theory? We've already kind of talked about it. Um, I don't believe it. <coughs> no. And yeah, how to hunt pushing it because it's the only thing that gets him clicks. Um, and quick witty, um, if, if you haven't read um, Jeff Meldrum's book, Legends Meet Science, the first chapter was about Paul Freeman. Very interesting. I think you might, yeah. re- after the analysis of the tracks and what Dr. Jeff had seen, you might want to reconsider some of what you're thinking there. Um, because I don't see, you know, he's saying Freeman was a fraudster. Um, but I, well, don't see a, I don't see a lot of evidence towards there's, that. Yeah, some of the stuff is pretty convenient, though, Steve. You know, Meldrum shows up and just, you know, hey, we happen to have but, some fresh tracks well, to look hold at. Hold on a second. Yeah. In, in fairness, in fairness, even Meldrum said that. But yeah. he also said that he didn't know he was coming. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's the other thing. I mean, you show up, and that was an old trick of mine, show up when they're not expecting you. Yeah. That way they can't salt their property. Right. right. I would be exactly. like he was going to make cookies in the oven, not expecting anybody, and then they get there like, oh, I have some cookies for you if you guys want some. Just We brought breaks. some milk. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, Tom said, and Tom, by the way, said that's good work you guys are doing there. Thank um, you. Absolutely. Um, I, so so I, I joined the project late, but I still did as much as I could, uh, you know. Of course, now you've you've kind of relocated. And by the way, uh, I think Dave Winter wanted to know, and I'm remembering your question there from a long time ago, Dave, what kind of guitar is that in the back? This is a 1978 Rickenbacker bass guitar. Ah, there you go. You got it, David. David said, is that a Rickenbacker back there? It sure and I have a copy of a, uh, what is it? The John Lennon model. It's like a, you know, Chinese Rickenbacker. Nice. Oh, cool. The musician, three, musician, I take it. 325 uh, model. Yeah, I am. <laughs> bass or, uh, or both, guitar and bass? Um, I'm not that great at guitar. So I'm just mainly a bass, bass player, but I'll play drums too. So I do that. Very cool. Most uh, most squatch most people into Bigfoot I know that are musicians too. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and and Mary, Miriam uh, over on YouTube. Hello, Miriam. I welcome I, Miriam. Uh, always welcome. Uh, I'm glad you're aboard. Uh, it said that everyone at the local tavern in Yakima knew it was fake. Is that true? Um, well, according to Greg Long, <sighs> yeah, he said he interviewed a few people at you know, but. According to Greg Long, according to Bob Ronimus. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> if they're if they're Yakima, then yes. Yeah. Um yeah, there was a lot of people that didn't believe what was going on. Um <laughs> so oh, there you go. Yeah. I knew Freeman, he was human as you can you could not ask for a nicer guy, but for some mm-hmm. reason on this subject, Ivan Marks and Drum. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could very well be, and, and and you knew him, so you would probably have a better Tom. Next time you're on the show, which I really want to get you on soon, yeah, I definitely want to talk to you about Freeman. Yeah, because <laughs> you knew him, I never got to meet him, so I want to. Hear I don't have. A, I want to hear what Tom has to say. Man, I I don't have a read on the guy because I don't know him. Oh no, I don't know if this is too soon or not. But OT just cracked a joke in the chat. <laughs> oh no. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. 
Uh, no, we're gonna pass. No, on no, that let's, one. let's not do that one. No. It's too early. <laughs> too soon. Yeah. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> oh. I gotta quick throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Oh. Ready. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. That's about the best we can do for that one, OT. I have a quick question. Can I grab my phone charger? My I forgot my phone charger. It's almost there. Oh, go ahead. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, we have to interrupt this broadcast. <laughs> now, we, now we break for a commercial break. Well, this has been, you know, well, we could go like five or six shows about the, the Patterson Gimlin film. Uh, but the site, you know, I want to go there, dude. I want to go there. Uh, hopefully before I croak, I would like to go. But, you know, that is such a long way from Kentucky. I mean, it, we're talking about yeah. 24, 2600 miles. Oh, yeah. Ay vey. Uh, Definitely have to have an RV. Definitely. We do. For you Bigfooters thirsty the, out there, this is the second well, time I suggest to get a delicious, refreshing Snapple. Yes, even the most famous Bigfoot rush to the store to get themselves their favorite beverage, a delicious peach Snapple. No need to be cranky when you can just ask just keep it, your keep loved the one right for a delicious beverage. Got it? Don't give me a Snapple. And don't be in such a hurry. There's plenty at the store. <laughs> get me a diet peach Snapple. Try delicious peach Snapple. Don't give me a Snapple. <laughs> okay, oh, there we go. Time for our commercial break. Oh, our, the unofficial what? sponsor is Squatch DTV. That was hilarious. <laughs> ah, oh, I God. love this new file share thing. Um, <laughs> makes things so much easier. Um, that kills me when when Dyer takes a, a, a face plant into the fire ring. There, I mean, uh, <laughs> couldn't happen to nicer guy. Why is it? Yeah, when you do something really screwed up, and the whole world is watching, but nine times out of ten, when you do something really cool, you're by yourself. You know? <laughs> yes. But when you screw up, the world is watching. Uh, that face plant was the funniest thing. Uh. Uh, Abe Del Rio. Hey, Abe. Good to see you, brother. Hey, welcome, uh, He man. said there is something about, about magical about being at a site. Yeah. Oh, I can, I can, I for sure agree on that statement. Yeah, I exactly. would, I would like to go there and I'm planning on going there. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, but you know, if I can get back, you know, I think I can do a mile. Yeah. You know, here, here's the, the, the fun thing is that. In the next probably six weeks or so, seven weeks, you'll be seeing, uh, we're, we are not going to have a show, I believe, in the uh, the second Sunday in April. Maybe the third Sunday, depending on how, how things fall. <clears throat> I think the, uh, the 18th or 19th, we won't be having a show. Um, that's because... If everything goes well, Chris and I will be filming together in Kentucky. Yay! <laughs> so you'll see both of us on film together 
with some pretty hilarious shenanigans in Bigfooting. So if we could, uh, if we could get a cell signal back in the hill, I mean, we could climb one of the hills and maybe get a cell signal off of a tower in the next town. We might be able to do a show. You, you, know, <laughs> you know how that works, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. You know how that works. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, it, it definitely, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun coming up in the next uh, couple of months. Of course, I got the, uh, the uh, KCBRO expedition or the KBRO expedition. Um, that's coming up. And of course, uh, Tack and I are heading out to Ohio in May. So that, that'll be some fun filming out there as well. Yeah. So we've got a lot of yeah. stuff going on. Uh, and uh, we, we get more announcements coming as the weeks go by. But, um, you know, I'm just glad we've uh, we've had. This has been a great, great, honest discussion, which I love is, you know, we, we are trying to be honest about everything. You know, let's, yeah. you know, let's, you know, we can say that, you know, the Patterson film is the most perfect thing in the world. We could say that, but it's not. Let's be honest with ourselves. There are questions that still need to be answered. There's questions that we may never find an answer for. But the bottom line is, is that we are, um, the more we ask, um, when we do get the answers, the better it equips us moving forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. Um, <laughs> ah, ah, that's it. Thank you, Aaron. Chris. He already checked the date. It's, oops, 420. <laughs> 420 that's funny <laughs> there's another innuendo there somewhere as well <laughs> um, oh my God. <laughs> um but yes uh good lord good lord <laughs> hey david winner's got a question for tate uh oh yeah that's a great question what's yeah. on what is on your bucket list of things to do oh god my, so, I mean, one of the things on my bucket list is see Ape Canyon. I want to see yeah. that. Um, visit Falk, Arkansas. You know, home of the home of the Legend of the Boggy Creek is another yep. another big one. That's off my bucket list, luckily. You got to stick your head through the, the picture and get your uh, picture made there on the, the Sasquatch on the... Uh, what is it? At the store, Steve? Where is it? The Monster uh, Mart, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Then the... And then another one, a couple of other ones. I want to go to the Olympic, to the Olympic area, visit the Olympic Project with Shane Corson and Gunner, and go out and see what they've got. And then uh, was it the the NWAC uh, A or something like that? Yeah, I believe so. NWAC. Yep. Butchered the name, but over I think where is it in Kentucky, or where is that at? What? Where? What? Pot will oh. throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! <laughs> I have no idea. I'm <laughs> sorry. I have no idea. The one, the one that Kathy and Bob Strain are involved with over there. Oh, 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 oh. So they would probably be in Northern California. Oh. Well, they're oh. in Northern California, but the, the the group they work with is over on oh. the coast. I just can't think of the state. He's talking about maybe he's talking about Crittenden. No, that's uh, Kentucky. Yeah. Okay. That's the uh, Ohio Valley ORV area. Um. I yeah I I knew the state, but I'm blanking now. 
Well, see, David, that's where you're wrong, David. They have done some incredible nest work over there. And if I uh, remember, we had Shane Corson on a couple of uh, just a few weeks ago, a month ago or so, yeah. talking about some of the work is. Uh, um, so I, I, I beg to differ. I think Olympic project. Yeah. You know what? 15 years of game picks of, of animals. Wasted time. That's not wasted time. No. No. If anything, that helps research in the area, too. Right. You know. You find out what I, time of year their animals are moving through, you know, and seasons. And it just, and each year is different, too. And that that's a, you know, and Tom said, come up to British Columbia when the border opens again, that is. I would love to go up there. Seriously. Oh, the uh, the Washita Mountain. Okay, yeah. Yep. There it is. You know, a lot of people think, uh, you know, and it's kind of funny, but I have very targeted research stuff that I do sometimes. So it's like I don't have my, my, my hands in everything a lot of times. Like I focus on usually a topic or two for the week. And if it happens to show up on the on the show, it does. If it doesn't, then it gets filed for another day or another time. Exactly. So sometimes when uh... <laughs> sometimes if it just doesn't matter. Now next work is subjective. Well that's your opinion. And of course it is subjective, but but that's your opinion. Um you know that that's just putting the work in David. Yeah, you know you just don't sit well, there and find Bigfoot. You know, I look forward to when they they start submitting the samples for eDNA. Right, you know, right. That, that that's what they should be doing. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, only so much that you know. You could point to a structure on the ground and say, "Look, we found a nest." Well, right. okay, now let's get some stuff out of the middle of it and and check it for eDNA. <laughs> maybe maybe that's coming. I, I oh. hope so. That'd be really cool. And if there are nests there, I think. You know, if it's made by Bigfoot and they're doing eDNA, mm. hopefully that'll uh, <laughs> prove those nest theories true. See, here, here's the thing. Um, out of the five tenants that I have at Bigfoot Research, which has been my mission statement, number three is to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, if you bust your, your pardon the French, you bust your ass trying to get big, Bigfoot um, uh, evidence. Um, if you don't get Bigfoot evidence and you find out that it proves something opposite to what you believe it is, you're still doing your job. Score. Yep. You're if still, it, you've it, solved it. Okay, I know what these are. Time to move on. Yeah, if it busts your innuendo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it busts your innuendo. That's right. Um, Just took a drink. <laughs> good night abe god bless you too brother thanks for stopping right. in and, abe and, good and, to see you bud and and david i agree dna will work when they get the hang of it i 100 percent agree it's expensive as as everything new you know but now look at you can get your dna done for a hundred bucks over at ancestry so it's getting yeah. easier and eventually that technology hopefully in the next few years will be cheaper as well I, I um, ancestry for my dog i want to find out what my dog's parents 
<laughs> and and John made a good point. By doing that, you eliminate confirmation bias. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you got to question everything and selling your stuff, your own stuff. Um, Tom Steinberger, Tate, do you get heat from the Sasquatch community due to your name? LOL. <laughs> no, I don't get heat from it, but I do get asked if I'm related to that specific Bob. So. Yeah, it's my crazy uncle. That's my crazy uncle Bob. I'm actually, I'm actually so happy I don't get heat from it. I mean, <coughs> you know, I don't, I don't know how many Hieronymuses are in the Bigfoot community currently. I'm the only one that I can think of, but I could be totally wrong. I think Bob spells his name like Harry Mouse or something. It's, it's different it's, from yours. It's H. It's H E I R O N I M U S. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no Y in his name. No. Why? Because we like you. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Um. That's so true. His is like, uh, hair mouse. Oh, geez. The dog. (laughs) David says he wants to meet Todd the next time he's up there. Oh God. I mean, honestly, I kind of want to meet Todd just to see what it's like. I think it'd be fun. Oh, he was here. You know, I, I wouldn't go in the woods with that guy. I'd probably want to kill me. <laughs> it's so true, though. No. Oh, um, you probably want to. I'd go out in the woods. I wouldn't come back. Whoa. Hey, how? your Bigfoot. So, what's. Uh, you have any. Uh, <laughs> Alexander's starting stuff. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, and, and and David just just corrected me. Todd Prescott, but he's from Eastern Canada. Oh my god. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you're you're well misinformed, my friend. <laughs> Alex, that's funny. <laughs> and, and, and for for our, our audio listeners out there, Alexander just put a bunch of crying smiley faces on. on the thing. <laughs> Alexander just likes kidding. to tease me way too much. But, but you know, I knew tonight was going to be a, a real fun show. Stroyford warned me. Um, <laughs> That's another stop too. I'm gonna stop by and see Stephen at his uh, Bigfoot bookstore. Yes. If it's open, then I hope. <laughs> Hopefully, all this COVID stuff will be behind us. Yeah, I don't even. I think they're open now. I'm actually too. driving from Florida to Willow Creek in June. Oh wow, that's a long haul. From well, one one corner of the country to the other. Yeah. From, well, I'm by Miami, so that's like almost clear at the bottom. Wow. So basically from Miami to Los Angeles to Willow Creek to Portland, Oregon, and then back 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 to Miami. Wait, what's the weather in Miami right now? Oh, it's a it's a beautiful day. It's 314 degrees today. <laughs> and a chance of humidity. <clears throat> Yeah, Chan, humidity is at standing at 236%. Oh, <laughs> uh, you got to love Florida, man. You got to love Florida. 
Except I don't. Well, <laughs> very, very commonly known that, that Florida is, is actually the Ophi Indian word for where the old people go and sweat. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean. <laughs> um, a couple of more questions. Oh, well, first, Tom says, I think I started something. Forgive me, Tate. <laughs> no, Tom, you're, you know, I will allow it. I allow the pass. <laughs> and and Miriam says, well, that time gas should be $10 a gallon. <laughs> at the truth. Um, quick he asks, why does Meldrum still believe standing? He doesn't. And how is he yeah. still respected? I have no clue. Do you know why? I, we've talked about this before, uh, quick because television don't care. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't care which respected or not. It's what sells. And yeah. if a guy is controversial, guess what? And I've said this before on this channel. When I come out with a video that busts Todd's chops about some of his hoaxes, they are the most viewed videos I have on my channel. That's that's why uh, Michael Merchant does so good on those Expedition yeah. Bigfoot YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what? The, the, the thing is, is oh, talk about trolls. You know, talk about trolls. Holy jeez. You know, not one of them give me a fact. It's always, oh, you're just jealous. No, I'm not jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous. I, I haven't been on TV. <laughs> guy's got like five episodes of, or a few episodes of friggin' Survivor Man. And, and he gets his balls busted on Finding Bigfoot. You know, the... The, the people who allegedly think everything is Bigfoot didn't believe in his Bigfoot. <laughs> That's right. Uh, comes the part oh, where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that again. <coughs> but, but that's the kind of stuff we get from the, from the... Again, we've getting back to the standing thing. Thank you, Quick Witty. <laughs> anyway... Okay, here we are. Um, where are we? Are? Have you ever searched for the skunk ape? Um, no, but I do have plans to do so. Excellent. We'll see. <laughs> I'm well, just finding. I'm, I'm trying. I might be hooking up with Stacy Brown, and people might say things, but whatever. I don't. I don't really judge people. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, and, and Keith goes, oh, Todd's Danny, Steve's man crush. The funny thing is, the funny thing is, is that, <laughs> yes, people have accused me of that, too. Like the trolls, the Stanling trolls. Oh, you just lie. You must have a man crush. Huh? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, th these comments don't get on the YouTube channel because they're trolling. You want, And that's what I put up there. Eventually, I said, listen. Anybody who, who trolls is going to get booted. And and if you want to argue with me on my merits, argue with me on my merits. Everything I've said is fact. Yep. And um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, chat room's funny. Yes. So, um, yeah. Uh, really very interesting uh, dynamics. Uh, and, you know... The same thing happened with, with the whole um, massacre thing, too, as the trolls came out of the woodwork. And the funny thing is, is you know, I, I'm very, I, I try to be very respectful of things. Yeah. 
I mean, I think MK, MK Davis is a real nice guy. I think he's wrong. I think he's wrong on a few things. Yeah. But because I bring that out and say, I think, you know, he's wrong in this. This is the reason why I, you know. Nothing, yeah, nothing bad about MK. MK's done a, a lot of work on the PG film. Sure has. And but, but you see, stabilized it, did all that work. That's great. It's just that one massacre theory, you know, I disagree. Simple. I'm not I, knocking him, yeah, you know, for his abilities or anything. But. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Seymour, the only person who has a man who has a crush on standing is Todd Standing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's the truth um, couldn't be more real. So, Miriam Guthrie asks, what the hell is a wood booger? I've never heard of that term. I have. Uh, you know, they call them wood boogers, boogers, uh, um, swamp apes, uh, skunk apes. Um, what else? Uh, Heidi behinds, Momo. Um, you know, there, there's so many different, uh, hairy men, wild men over the years. Um, you know, it, it all depends on your frame of reference, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's a very Southern term, the wood booger. Um, Over in Cumberland County, Kentucky, they, they call them, uh, there's a supposedly some white ones over there. They call wild woolly bullies. Ah, John Bush, wood, wood devil. Yep. Yeah, wood that too. Devil. Mountain devil. Um, Skookums. Yeah. Uh, yeah. roo Thank you, David. Um, oops. Everybody, every you know, community is seems to have a name. It's oh, Tax like, says he's going to look for a skunk ape tomorrow. Are you in Florida ta again? Oh, uh, you in he Florida? Invi he invited me, and I was like, I, I don't know if I'll be able to make it or not. Who, Mike? Tax? Yeah. Uh, good guy. He's one of my guys. Good guy. He's he's awesome. Yep. Pretty good guy. Yeah, Mike, you're probably going to look for a skunk ape on the beach. <laughs> there he is. He's holding a margarita. Me. <laughs> oh man. Zoomies. I've never heard of that. Zoomies. Zoomies, I know, is a store. Um oh uh somebody asked about Carrie Arnold and uh Mark Newbill and their their group. Oh my god. <laughs> Miriam is on fire tonight out there. Todd Standing and Rick Dyer should get together and maybe start a show like The Bachelor. Wow, this is nice. <laughs> oh, that would be like good. Dancing with the Stars, but like a Bigfoot edition, and Rick Dyer and Todd Standing were paired up. That would be worth watching. With a rose ceremony and stuff. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Up, oh, Bush Booger. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's so funny. <laughs> Did you see Rod's Rod Dupree's comment? <laughs> Put that up. We got to read that. <laughs> Tom did it again. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> 
<coughs> oh, you guys are killing me. Partner, we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Uh, ready! <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That one just got me. Oh, oh Rod Debris killed me. Put his put his comment up. Read that out. Let me read, let me read it off. Rod says, "Wood booger. That's what you get after many hours at the table saw." <laughs> <laughs> this is true, Rod. It's true. Yeah. Well, now that I think about it, that brings a whole new term to this one. Bush. <laughs> And John oh, Bush man. goes, I'm not sure if I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys, oh, you're killing me. <laughs> Folks, if, if you're listening to us on replay or on audio, that's why you got to come into the show sometimes. Because sometimes we have a show where, you know, we, we got a great guest who likes to have some fun and we just let it fly tonight. And we do that once in a great while. And tonight's one of those nights. You know, there's some nights we're right on point. And, you know, throughout the show, I think we've brought up a lot of good points, a lot of educational things. But we like to have fun here, too. So we're glad you could all join us for this uh, nuttiness tonight. We're not normally this nutty, but tonight uh, just just seems like. My face is hurting. Yeah. Oh, your face is killing me, too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my zing. Oh. Oh, Steve. He walked right into that one. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, it was just too Oh, good. we gotta quit. We gotta quit. Everybody's gonna start leaving. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Better... <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh. But anyway, we, we it's time to wrap up anyway. It's, uh, believe it or not, it is five minutes. It's eleven right now. So but uh oh. Tate, man, we got to cross paths. We, 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 so, but if, if you want to come up to the deck sometime and, and, and do a little squatching up here in the Adirondack, especially in the fall, um, you're more than welcome, brother. Um, it might be April, this summer. Okay. Let April me know. in Kentucky. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know what I'll do is tomorrow, uh, tomorrow uh, when, when I, I'm off tomorrow, so what I'll do is I'll throw you my phone number too. Sounds and great. that way, and you come up. Give me a call. We'll we'll get out and we'll do a little we'll we'll do a little creature hunting. Definitely. That'd be fun. <laughs> so, but uh man, it's been great. Uh you know, obviously uh I want to thank you for coming on tonight. It's been, you know, fun. And it, it's always you do you're doing great work. You've you know, you've gotten a good good base. You know, you got a good base of people that, you know, took you under their wing and uh, you know, between all those guys, Steve and and um you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Rowdy and uh, Kip, and you know, you, you couldn't find a zanier bunch of people. And they, yeah, they like to bust my balls, but they do it out of love. Well, yeah, and that's the way it should be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. oh, I, I got a quick funny story to tell you. Sure. I think it was the 50th for the Patterson Gimlin film, and Meldrum <laughs> was there, Bob Gimlin was there, like, pretty much, like a lot of people. And I can't remember who's taking the picture. Now hold on, I got a quick question. This was the fiftieth where Bob was allowed to talk. Oh no, I'm just kidding. Oh, 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 <laughs> sorry. Oh, that's, oh too, that's so bad. That's a low blow. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I can't remember who took the picture, but uh, Jeff Meldrum, Bob Gimlin, Cliff Rackman, and James Bobo Fay were taking a picture, 
and I photobombed them. <laughs> I, picture. I was like standing right next to Meldrum. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. My boss tried that today in the mall. We were just taking a walk. And uh, that's what you do. Yeah, nobody's stealing around here. I'll take a walk. So we're taking a walk, and there's all these little kids there. And the parents are all there trying to get the camera. He goes, Watch this. And he goes, and he gets behind all the kids. He's like, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. That's the type of people I hang out with. <laughs> so, anyway. Well, I want uh, Tate. I want to thank you for coming on. You're welcome anytime. What's uh, tell us about your podcast? So the Bluff Creek Project podcast. Um, you can find that on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. So I just the you know basically I wanted to interview a bunch of people who have either been associated with the Bluff Creek Project or have been to the film site. I'm kind of running out of people now, so I'm just interviewing who I can and getting some great interviews. I have some great ones lined up for March, so be looking, uh, be on the lookout for those. Awesome deal, and uh, deal. we definitely want. Uh, you know what? Definitely, uh, we got to do some cross promoting on that stuff uh, for the channels. So we'll definitely uh, let us know. We'll we'll put it out there for you. For sure. So, Thanks. So, um, but uh, yep, it's ten fifty seven. So Chris, you want to do your thing before uh, well we take us out? Uh, again, I want to thank our wonderful guest, Mr. Tate Hieronymus. No relation to Bob. <laughs> it's been fun. And uh, I want to thank our wonderful listeners uh, and the chat room participants. Good Lord, you guys got some great questions. I love you guys. Such a, we got the greatest audience there is. Anyway, I'm partial. <laughs> we'll remind you if you're listening to us for the first time on YouTube, please hit the like, subscribe, share buttons. It helps us out on the search algorithm. You know, we don't like promote our stuff and it really helps us, you know, get found in the search. So thanks. Later guys. Hey, and on behalf of everybody here, uh, you know, and again, we went a little over the top tonight. We only do that once in a great while. So we try to have a little fun every once in a while. Tonight was the night just because it was that kind of mood. And I think sometimes we all are, we're all owed a little bit of levity and a little bit of fun. So and I, was slipped, I slipped Steve and Chris 20 bucks. That's that's true. That's very true. Yes, we, you know, if it was fifteen, we wouldn't have said as nice things as we've said tonight. But <laughs> that's the only reason they had me on the show. Yeah, <laughs> he had to pay us. <laughs> oh. Anyway, uh, you know, Tate, stick around for the end of the show because when we go off air, we where you can still talk and stuff like that. So, hang out. Folks, on behalf of everybody here at Squatch DTV, we want to wish everybody happy, healthy, and safe week. Remember, social distance, wear a mask. We're not. Um, no, please do. Uh, keep yourself healthy. It's also respect to your fellow man. Anyway, uh, again, everybody have a great week. And uh, most of all, God bless and keep on squatching. Catch you all next week, Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern here on YouTube.com. Steve Coles. Catch you all later. You've been watching Squatch DTV. Join us each week, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, for the latest on the Bigfoot mystery. As always, we thank you for being our loyal viewers and encourage all to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Steve Culls. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. 
God bless and keep on squatching.